Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 139 and we are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hi guys, how's everybody doing? How's it hanging? Good. To the nice and, nice <laughs> and swinging. <laughs> I was gonna I'm currently doing my breast impersonation of a ghoul. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I uh, mine is hanging to the left and slightly shriveled. <laughs> 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 oh man uh so uh it's been crazy so far uh 2022 but i think um i think i'm just not gonna say oh this year's gonna get better i think i'm just gonna go like try my best to do my best in my personal space and then go from there so hopefully i mean i really don't have any real um what are those called resolutions yeah, New Year's um, resolution. Yeah, so all I've been doing is just kind of like exercising, like good judgment, like ten minutes on the stationary bike, uh, <laughs> like a chicken salad instead of chili cheese fries, you know that kind of stuff. I don't think that's good judgment at all. <laughs> <laughs> Although what you said about the last episode of going to Little Italy in San Diego. All I can think about is pasta and bread. And I know. And maybe oh even God. wine. Yeah. Oh, yep. my God. <laughs> so amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> I. You know what? That is. Oh, my God. That has to be like our New Year's resolution. Making that happen for sure. <laughs> like, Definitely. Oh, yeah. Like, hopefully uh, we could still go down to Modesto in March. Um, hopefully. So, like, I have my fingers crossed for that. But otherwise... Um, I think I think I'm just gonna like not be so focused on trying to make some grand change, but just maybe just try to live good. Like for yeah. instance, um, I there's a lot of okay, so I'm a I am such I'm so guilty of purchasing things at um, Joanne's or Michaels in the per in the purpose of actually completing a. Yeah a craft or whatever. And <coughs> there are other little things that I want to do that I say, okay, I'm going to do that. Or I I'm going to do that. And I never even, even started. I never even started, let alone completed. So this year I've been trying to do little things that I said I would do. So the first thing I did is my arms are short because I'm 4'11", but <laughs> I'm, I'm an obese woman. So I, or most of my clothes that are long sleeved are, my sleeves are too long. So I always say to myself, oh. I'm, I'm going to move the button so that they're not like over my my hand, like mm -hmm. you know, like covering my hand. The sleeves don't cover my hand like they actually will cup at the wrist. And, you know, that'll take care of that. And every year I put on these shirts with the long sleeves and every <laughs> year I'm like flapping them about like a freaking bird because the cups are not cupping at the wrist because they're obviously too big. Yeah. So just a few days ago, I sat down with my needle and thread and my scissors, and I actually changed the buttons on three 
blouses. Oh, wow. So little, mm. little steps, guys, little steps. So what I'm saying is that your resolution shouldn't be like, I'm going to lose 100 pounds <laughs> hard. Um, or in, in Kristen's case, she fucking runs last year. She ran more than 2021 miles in one mm. year. And now she's shooting for 2022 miles or more this year. So, but she knows herself as a runner, so she could do that. So what I'm saying is that don't be so hard on yourself. And if you quit, just get right back up and do whatever it is you resolve to do this year. Yes, definitely. That's a good uh, motto to live by. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, I'm like I said, I've been trying to change those buttons off those shirts. I, I would say for three years and I finally did it. And I feel proud of myself. And watch, now they're not going to (laughs) fit. Now they're not going to fit. And it was all for nothing. But at least I completed one task out of like the many little tasks that I want to (laughs) do in my life. What about you, Jen? What about me? Any resolutions, any changes, any adjustments to this year? Time is a lie. Um, uh, resolutions are fake and I'm just gonna keep trudging on basically if I want to do something I will do it and if I don't then I will not or someone huh or someone yeah. <laughs> Kristen gets it I love it shoot I was just thinking about my my days of doing someone anyone like, like you know like don't you have one consistent somebody you do yeah have? but like i'm talking about like the public the, pu- the, the public like, <laughs> like, the public in general the, you know foreign people strange people <laughs> they're not strangers they're just temporary acquaintances of the night yes uh, of, of the, the night. night i love that addition of the night yes De la noche. <laughs> yeah, don't meet them during the day. That's just weird. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking about that because I saw this movie. Uh, I think it was called something about the life of a teenager or something like something like that. Uh, it takes place like in the seventies, and um, it was really disturbing, and it made me think of a lot of my sexual escapades in my youth. So that's why that <laughs> that thought because process- it was disturbing. <laughs> uh yeah like no, I, I didn't get up to any wild things as a teenager like like that like i just stuck to like teenage drinking that was about it um uh, i started doing that after once i hit college yeah no no i mean i was a late bloomer as well i'm just saying that like i was okay so in the movie the girl was 15 so like i try to mirror my 15 and i'm like i still had a barbie at that time like at 15 really well i was collecting <laughs> at that point but oh yeah. i still owned a Barbie. i mean that mattered yeah. to me you know right yeah i mean i didn't do any of the wild stuff until like after 21 but still um just mirroring what she was doing with her life just kind of her 15 was mine 21 is what i'm trying to say so that's why yeah, that, yeah, yeah. those those thoughts came about. But yeah, that's I I can relate to that. I was like, oh, that's uh, huh, that's that's dangerous, stranger danger. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. It was uh ah. Oh, Sometimes it, it, I wish I could have gotten up to those wild escapades when I was a teenager. 
But then I'm like, nah. No, I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't think I was emotionally capable of doing such things at that age. Like, I still owned a cabbage patch doll. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I was what I no, that was I was younger, but like, yeah, no, I wasn't I was nowhere near what she was doing. But anyway, so um I just became aware that Kristen does not ever not run every day she <laughs> runs every fucking day like it just blows my mind like today i woke up at like two in the afternoon and it blows my mind that she's awake and running and has already run and is just completed like half her day like it's just mind-blowing <laughs> yes this morning i got up at 4 a.m oh god to start my run at 6 30 um, Cause that's how long it takes me to get everything. Like I need to poop and I need to get dressed and I need to stand by the heater a sufficient amount of time to actually feel okay to go outside in the cold. Wow. And so, um, and today I was supposed to run with my running group in Santa Monica, but after all this COVID stuff, they actually sent us an email to say that we needed to wear masks um, when we were together in a big group. But while we were running, it was okay to not wear them. But I was thinking in my mind, we still run in a group and we run two by two in a line. And if I'm not the first person, I'm running in everyone else's exhalation of air. Oh, yes. And if they are positive but don't know it yet, then I'm running right through it. So I opted to just stay at home today and run the miles by myself. Um, but yes, I do miles every day. I don't always run. Sometimes I walk, which is an active recovery for me. Um, but I do right now at least six miles a day to try to hit my goal of 2022, uh, 2,022 miles in the year 2022. So that's what I did last year. And then I got injured um, and took the whole month of August off, but I still made my goal. So I am looking to um, meet my goal again this year, but also surpass what I actually did reach, which was 2,084 miles. So we'll see if we can, if I can do that. And if I stay away from being injured, then I think it would be pretty doable. Yeah, it's just uh, it's so crazy. Like, and look, guys, she not only ran 2021 20, miles, she didn't say, okay, I reached my goal and that's it. She just kept going. I mean, <laughs> what was your final number anyway? What was your final number? It was 2084. See, look at that. That's <laughs> fucking crazy. I would have stopped. <laughs> yeah. Congrats so and one, on one, of the, one of the other little goals is like trying to get my blood sugar, my fasting blood sugar down. And right now it's currently at um, 85 fasting blood sugar in the morning. So Oh, that's, dang, that's, that's pretty good. good. That's yeah. really good because your blood sugar should be 99 uh, DL slash MG ML or something uh, or below. So um, yes, I think I'm doing for, really to be considered normal. Normal. Be, yeah. 99 or below. Yes. And anything 100 to 120 is pre-diabetic. And then anything 120 and above is diabetic. Diabetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. So, you know, little steps, guys, like, you know, sometimes yeah, I'll fall off the wagon. Like right now I'm, I'm going to have a beer, but uh, not the, the wagon of alcoholism. I mean, the wagon of like <laughs> carbohydrates. <laughs> God, 
<laughs> and and yes, I mean, I fantasize about butter and bread and pasta, but you know, little steps, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe a salad today and maybe I don't know, a slice of pizza tomorrow. That kind of I stuff. Just like, ordered some tum yums. Ooh, sounds good. Mm. Well, see, yeah. when I was first diagnosed as diabetic, I weighed 247 pounds and I was pretty like what do you call it when you don't move? <laughs> sedentary there you go sedentary i was gonna say solitary but that didn't make sense (laughs) um and uh i started exercising i started back running which i had done previous in previous years i had just let it go and i have gotten my blood my fasting blood sugar to a point where even i could i can eat pasta and bread and it still be under 100 in the morning that's awesome it is uh definitely some uh some motivation for you to to stay on your bike (laughs) oh absolutely yeah I mean I did you know guys uh, just I mean I've just done like 10 minutes 12 minutes that kind of like like really under 15 minutes Uh, but even just doing that has has really did uh, uh, put a dent into my fasting blood sugar Mm -hmm. like before I I just wasn't getting the numbers like I told this one medical assistant who constantly told me about her, um, her husband having diabetes. I'm like, yeah, man, I can't get below 130 for some reason. Like, I just can't get it. She's like, oh my God, 130 is great. My husband's at 130. And I was like, oh, hell no, that's not great. That is not great. (laughs) He's he's on insulin. What? No, no, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, So, but just a little bit of activity has really put a dent and has kind of, propel me to go a little bit under more and more and so like I'm really excited about that actually cool it's very exciting to see and very uh, it's a little victory that you can feel good about yourself for the rest of the day and stuff and maybe motivate you to keep on that track yes most definitely all right guys now it's time for cheese de la semana Kristen what do you have for us today well, I have some cheese that has been going on on the Twitter. Uh, the Twitterverse has been hot Fighter. with this cheese <laughs> um, all revolving around uh, Stephanie Phillips, who is a really talented comic book writer. She um, has written, um, she wrote this one uh, title for Aftershock called Nuclear Family that Eddie really, really liked. Uh, and she also is currently writing Harley and um, Harley Quinn. And apparently she had some medical issues that she didn't disclose why she was in the hospital. But she was in the hospital for five days. And when she came out, she was completely bombarded with Twitter just going nuts and losing their shit over the fact that in the most recent Harley, she um, and if you don't know, spoiler alert, but the storyline um, basically was uh, kind of involving Harley's uh, relationship with Poison Ivy, which I absolutely love. Like a uh, couple of years ago, I would say five years ago, there was a, a Harley and Poison Ivy like road trip comic that I really loved. And it wasn't blatant that they were in a relationship but it kind of hinted here and there and i was like oh my god i love harley with ivy fuck the joker like that (laughs) is some toxic nonsense like them together is so really like endearing i really love seeing them together so 
I get that. Um, <clears throat> but apparently the storyline has uh, evolved into um, the, the fact that Harley has basically uh, told Ivy that they, she thinks that they just need to go their separate ways because Harley is on this like hero's path. And she wants to do good and she wants to um, like kind of continue on that road. And Ivy still is holding grudges and wanting to um, go down the villain path. And Harley is like, you know, it's just not good for me right now. And I need to continue and do what I need to do for myself. And I honestly think that that is some amazing character development for Harley Quinn. Like if you've read Harley from the beginning, starting at mad love, like oh gosh. mad love Harley. And what I just described, like, like it would be completely two different people. Like you would have no yeah. idea that that's the same character. Um, so I actually think that that's amazing. Um, but poor Stephanie came back to a barrage of uh, death threats and wow. people actually basically saying because she does identify as part of the LGBTQ community, people basically saying that she's lying about that. Oh, my gosh. And just really being <clears throat> like horrible to her. And actually, she Stephanie is an amazing person just personally. Like, I don't know her like we don't go out to get drinks. But when COVID hit, she um unbeknownst to me, because I wasn't at the store, or if I was, she didn't introduce herself to me, but she sent us an email at Heidi Ho and said, hey, I was in Santa Monica. I stopped by your shop. It was a really great shop. Let me know what I can do for you during these times of oh, COVID wow. to really help you out. I would really love to do something. And so we had her on one of our Tuesday Night Live for like 10, 15 minutes, just talking about her books and the next stuff that was coming out. And she was such a nice person. And for even her to reach out to us like that was just amazing. I'm really telling of her character. Absolutely. And so um, the fact that she came out uh, to came out of the hospital to all of this nonsense it's just, it really breaks my heart. And the bottom line is that fans of um, Harley Quinn, the stands of Harley and Ivy um, were just mad that she was breaking them up. And I can understand that because I understand how endearing that relationship is, but it also reflects real freaking life. Like, I don't know if people know, but gay people break up too. <laughs> for all <laughs> kinds of reasons right not oh every God. relationship is the end all be all and I know so it's a, um, it's a trope and but. so to really be so hateful and just hurtful uh to a creator because of this character change it's just really horrible. And I really just wanted to mention that if you haven't read any of Stephanie's stuff, definitely um, pick it up, check it out and give her some support. Um, reach out to her, even just on Twitter, you know, telling her that you support her or that you're sorry that it happened. Um, definitely goes a long way because I think there's more of us out there than there are of the um, hateful and hurtful people. But sometimes they're just a lot louder.
Oh, absolutely. They're the ones hiding behind a computer talking all sorts of mess. Yeah. That that's really unfortunate. So thank you so much for bringing that to Chisme de la Semana. We need to do better, people. All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. And today I have an On My Radar, actually. Uh, what is On My Radar is um, there is a show on ABC. And the first uh, episode aired on January 6th. And it's Women of the Movement. And it's a drama series. Uh, uh, Women of the Movement basically is an anthology series Uh, based on real life stories and basically it starts off with episode one that's based on the real life story of Emmett Till and Mammy Till Mobley I saw those commercials and I was like I don't know if I'm emotionally strong enough to watch this right I know I mean I just like read anything about like Emmett Till and the process that happened with that it makes me cry oh 100% I mean I haven't watched the first episode, but it's definitely on my radar. And I was thinking of like, I was going to go look for it in Hulu and see if I can find it. Um, but yeah, just reading about the episode and I know the story behind Emmett Till. And I mean, I always get choked up 100%. Yeah. Now that but- I know it's an anthology series, though, I might be able to struggle through one episode. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just see, same thing, Jen, like. I've almost like I'm about to cry now. Just seeing the young actor who plays Emmett in those commercials, yeah, and just his like bright, innocent face, um, and just knowing what happens is just so still emotional. Oh, absolutely! I it is it's I, I horrible. Um, so this show, this drama anthology, uh, is uh, Women of the Movement. It's actually a depiction of this history, historic events through the eyes of the women in the movement. So it's kind of like from a different perspective. Um, so I'm, I wanted to highlight that because, um, you know, we're still experiencing police brutality. People are still getting lynched. There's still a lot of racism in our country. And I think that it it's very important for us to stay educated and be able to. I know these stories are horrible, but we can't forget that they mm-hmm. happen because if we do, then we run the risk of letting the haters and the racists and all the hate to live on. And we have to make sure that that doesn't happen and we have to speak up and we have to stand by our, you know, our people that are being oppressed. So <clears throat> basically, you know, and maybe some people are on the fence and don't know much about history. Maybe watching this show will enlighten them and show them what truly has happened in history. And I'm not saying that it's an absolutely 100%, 100% accurate uh, representation of what happened, but um but we know these stories were were real. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what's on my radar. I know it's, I just brought it all down, but I really <laughs> feel it's important for us to um, know that this exists and know that we can watch it and know that we can share it with our friends and family and even our kids, you know, they need to know what's going on as well. Like I know that I remember reading uh, history books and reading about history and everything. And sometimes it was got, it got really boring to me. But sometimes reading it in books or reading articles just really sparks up my interest to learn more. So Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that's what's on my radar. Oh my God, what time is it? <laughs> I, I'm so ready. <laughs> what time is it, Kristen? What time is it? Es la hora de la, la cervecita. Yay. And today we are drinking a beer that Sarah brought for us all the way back from Alaska. That's like right. A different world over there. Oh my God, it's so Incredible. amazing. Like I feel my, my husband and I sometimes have conversations talking about like, should we go live in Alaska? Oh and my I'm like, gosh. I totally want to. They have uh, really long summers where the sun doesn't yeah. set. Mm -hmm. um, like you could be out there like hunting or fishing at four in the morning. No, not four, like midnight. And it's fucking like 12 noon. Yeah sun so uh, they said that they're really um really busy during the summer and they are not as busy during the winter because obviously the sun goes down earlier and stuff like that um but i really enjoyed it because i was able to walk and go down the bike on the trail uh that very the coastal trail the the uh, second most beautiful coastal tale in the united states is what i've told what i was told Ooh, by Alaska. Nice. and um one of the things everybody, everybody that I spoke to in Alaska said was you have to go to Broken Tooth Brewery oh. where they have um, they have pizzas that they cook in those ovens, those uh, uh, clay ovens or. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so they're like, if you look on the Internet, that pizza has been rated second in the world. I mean, in the. In, in the, the United US? States, in the U.S., uh -huh. second in the U.S., and wow. it's a broken tooth, a broken tooth uh, brewery. So final, and everybody likes. There was one uh, friend I have here in the states that he went to live in Anchorage, and he's like, "You have to go to Broken Tooth," and I was like, "Fuck, okay, fine." So I thought I would walk over there, but it was snowing so much that there's no way I could have walked there. So we we took an Uber over there. It was like about maybe 15 minutes from where we were staying at, from downtown area. And yes, guys, I had the pizza and we devoured it. It was so freaking good. We had the, it was recommended by the guy we rented the uh, Adan, who we rented the snow bikes from. Uh -huh. He said it was, um, uh, God, my mouth is watering. It was <laughs> a chicken ranch uh, oh. um, pizza. We uh -huh. ordered that, we ate it. And then we ordered a regular pepperoni pizza and we brought it for my brother and the, and Jacob. Oh, really? Yeah. They they actually said that people do um, they package it in certain ways so you could travel. Oh, cool. So I, and with instructions, they printed out instructions on how to re uh, put it in the oven and everything. But anyway, they also have beer, and this is one of the ones that I got. And yes. uh, I it, it's sort of like a restaurant. It looks like um, I don't know, like a TGIF kind of thing. Like it's a restaurant, restaurant mm -hmm. and the beer. Uh, I didn't see the brewery, but they have beers all available that they actually brew there. They have different types of brews. And this one was like one of the ones that they were selling six pack of. And I was like, OK, I got to try it. And uh, so we can review it here on the podcast. But yes. Well, this is I love the art, first of all. It is Arctic Apple Ale, mm -hmm. and it says that um, 
Follow the call of adventure with Arctic Apple in tow. It's a sweet and smooth ride with the fruit forward flavor of apples making way for a pleasant crispness. The depth of this pseudo cider will rival only the best powder days. And then it says, send it. Is that something they say in Alaska? Send it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I'm not familiar with. So um, the name of the restaurant that you're talking about, um, I'm assuming there's two. The Moose's Tooth Pub and Pizzeria and then Beartooth Theater Pub and Grill. And they have been in Anchorage since 1996. Yeah. And what I didn't know that was uh, I was told by one of the uh, tour guides that we went on like a city tour. Uh He said that Broken Tooth and Beer Tooth and Moose Tooth are the names of some of the mountains around there. Oh, cool. And I was like, oh, no wonder. I was like, I didn't understand the name. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I don't get it. Why is it called? (coughs) But yeah. So this is a 4.5. Is that what I just saw? 4.5? 4.8 ABV. So definitely something that you can enjoy all day long. They don't have any weird uh, alcohol rules, right? Yeah. Do they have any weird alcohol rules, Sarah? That's the reason why I won't move to Utah. (laughs) You can't buy alcohol over 5%. Or five four point five percent ever anywhere in the state. I'm like, um, no thanks. <laughs> and don't try to give me a four point five IPA either. Like, what is that? Um, yeah, that's not did. an IPA. That's water. Yeah, <laughs> they did have some uh, weird um, alcohol rules. Not at the, you know, actually the the breweries and everything stayed open until like two three in the morning sometimes they they're supposed to close at two but some people would go through three like there was no like real active like shut it down mm-hmm. kind of thing you know and uh, because also it's winter and everything's snowing so i think they just are like a little lenient <coughs> on that side yeah but as far as buying it like at the liquor store or at a store or whatever we even went into a walmart um there is a store within a store that sells just the liquor oh. there's no liquor or Uh, beer aisles you have to go inside the store and within the store there's like a store it's sort of similar to when you go to Costco and there's that part where it's the produce section Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the part where it's like more um air conditioning and you have to walk in yes yeah Uh it's sort of like that it's a store within a store and that's where they sell the alcohol and they say they this was actually told to us by the the guy who rented us the bikes he said that there's a high alcohol alcoholism yeah. in in uh, uh, Anchorage Alaska maybe just Alaska in general but that's why they have um they're a little bit more stricter on their sale of alcohol mm. well in Utah Eddie goes to Utah he's been there a couple of times for um the Wassa Convention, Wassa, I think Was something like that in Utah, <laughs> where he goes to a comic convention. But anyway, the freaking people who um, sell the beer in Utah are police officers. Not just anybody can sell beer. It's like police officers have to sell it. That is weird. Yeah, it's very weird. But anyway, Utah's weird. One of the main reasons I am never... Do I don't want to visit Utah. Like, can I, will I get arrested if I take good beer into the state? 
comment below. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, now Maybe. that you now that you say that, I illegal actually, contraband. I know it's like to stop you at the at the uh, <laughs> at the. You can uh, buy beer that's higher than that. What about like spirits and stuff like that? Are they just not allowed? Good question. I don't know. That's so strange. Damn. Imagine living with no fucking whiskey. I know. Oh wow. I don't know if that's life at all. <laughs> but um actually that's one thing that oh I should look into that because that's actually something I do. It's like I try to travel with deers um from here. Usually yeah. I have a monkish and this for this trip to um Alaska, I took a couple of cans of uh crowns and hops. And then I take pictures of in the snow and stuff. Or oh, yeah, I saw that. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I usually try to take like, so this this trip that I'm taking to Puerto Rico, I'm going to take some monkish. I'm going to take some crowns and hops. And I'm going to take some uh, cheers, motherfuckers. Uh, you still have some? No, no, I have to go buy some. Oh, okay. no. Yeah. No, I mean, they're constantly coming out with new brews. That's now. true. Yeah. So um, but the problem is they're not selling them in Torrance anymore. And that's kind of where I go mm-hmm. to work. Yeah. So now I have to go the opposite way, like into Lakewood or Long Beach or Bellflower or whatever to find it. So um, but I plan I always plan to take those and then I do like little photo ops just to yeah. promote their company and also to share our love of beer. So and um but yeah what if i take some beer to utah and they confiscate it i'm gonna be <laughs> i know I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really fucking mad i'm like you know how much these cans cost how dare you take your we hands see off on the nightly news this little short latina being all the way <laughs> I, <laughs> kicking and screaming i know it's like how dare you touch my beer get your hands <laughs> off me do you know who i am i'm a comadre <laughs> <laughs> Mm, this mm, that's good yes, this is good this is really good why, uh, why do they call it pseudo cider i guess I, because they, they make cider in a different way maybe than this so it's that's why it's not a cider it's not real apples it's not real, <laughs> <laughs> apples. It's not real apples guys that's um, funny. It's really good. Yeah, it really is. I'm um I now remember it. Um usually when I go travel, I can't have like a like beer uh, g- full glasses of beer because then I get too drunk and you know, but I want to taste everything that they have, you know. So what I do is I tell them uh, give me tasters of the stuff that you have cans on so that if I like it, I can buy the cans and take them home so i remember now having the taster of this one and being like i gotta have this one like bring me bring me the six pack my man (laughs) chop chop (laughs) you know the only only problem i had was that i ended up getting okay so i ended up getting pants from the brewery king street uh from the brewery uh anchorage uh, Anchorage Brewing Company from Broken Tooth and from Mo- uh, Moonlight Sun. Uh-huh. Midnight Sun? Midnight Sun, uh-huh. Yeah. 
so that's four breweries and there's a bunch of cans and that was such a struggle to get them all to weigh under a oh certain- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then i had st- that problem when i went to uh visit my brother in um and we traveled to astoria and i bought a whole bunch from there and yeah i was taking they made me take stuff out of my package and i was like trying to stuff it on into my carry-on because i was too heavy <laughs> yes and we ended up doing that actually we went to our favorite bar slash restaurant and we had already you know we had established a friendship with the with the bartender it was all great there was a live band and so we were drinking up until our flight and so we had everything measured out and so we thought we had everything measured. We had no way way to tell, right? So yeah. when we get to the airport, I need to pee, and I'm running to the to the restroom, and then Frank's weighing them at the scale, and we're over. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And we're like taking out our coats and our our our, yeah. our snow pants and everything, and stuffing them in our carry. It was just crazy. We had some <laughs> yeah, because the the price that they charge you for it over is like so crazy expensive. Yes, yes. it was an adventure. I gotta say, I mean, we had to because uh, we had uh, we had bought uh, ulu knives. Uh, ulu knives are knives that are invented uh, many years ago, thousands of years ago, and they first came out uh, uh, as uh, they were made out of rock or stone. Oh, They're cool. Knives that they use to skin animals and to descale salmon and even to cut ice to build igloos. Oh, wow. I mean, it had many uses. Even they even cut hair with it. Mm-hmm. It's it, uh, so being at the Ulu factory, being made in Alaska by Alaskans from Alaskan parts, like, you know, down yeah. to like the wood and everything. Um, it's the great, it's a great uh, gift to give your family like a souvenir. Mm -hmm. So we ended up buying like four. And so that has to go on the care that has to go on the belly of the, 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 because uh, you can't have that on the knives, Yeah. (laughs) Because knives. And so that plus the beer, but you know, so like it was just, and then we, I got salmon, I got halibut. And so that also has to go on the belly of the plane. And so, like, there was a lot of, like, struggle just trying to make the weight. It was yeah. just, and th- they were so nice, though. And the cool thing it was there wasn't anybody in the airport. So we were yeah. just right there on the floor, just, like, pick. Yeah. Pick. It was just kind of crazy, but a lot of adventure and fun. Yeah. So I love traveling with Frank. He's just such a great travel companion. We just, oh, that's uh, cool. We're really in sync with that. Like, yeah. Like, he'll say, like, oh, my God, you know, I feel like having king crab i'm like let's do it let's go and it's just you know it's just a really fluid and the only part where we actually end up getting into fights is if he takes me somewhere hot (laughs) if it's somewhere tropical i'm gonna have fucking heat stroke incredible yeah and i'll have a fit (laughs) and then i'll trompuda it's not not cool anyway back to the beer (laughs) so good i Mm. At first, I thought it was going to be sour, but it's not. Um, just like the a- description says, it is fruit forward and it's sweet, but it's not overly sweet like some ciders can be. Like I used to 100% be like, I hate ciders because they just were so sweet. Um, but since then, have definitely found places like at Honest Abe here in Torrance and 
the there's another one now that they call it something different, but is that the Boy, I like place? ciders? A whole bunch of ciders, a whole bunch of ciders there that are just so yummy and uh, so good. Um, but this is an ale, and uh, whatever they they are describing it as a pseudo cider. So yes. uh, I just love it. Um, so good, and the can art just like pops it off the top. <laughs> oh yeah, the can art is so cute. So. Um, it has kind of like a holographic font, so it looks sort of like an, n- the Northern Light kind of replica. Oh, nice! Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, it's of course there's a person right in the middle in the snow. I know, I didn't notice that at first. Teeny could, little person. Yeah, and you could see that they have a lantern because there's like a little light yeah. coming from it, yeah. and he's heading into a cave shaped like a skull where the nose is the entrance of the skull, but the eyes of the skull have apples in them. Mm -hmm. It's just really, I think this really amazing can art. And, um, but yeah, like just the taste of it. I'm not, I used to love ciders and then something happened and I went off ciders, but this one just really was, I mean, I remember tasting it while having my, my, um, my pizza and i remember thinking bring me that because mm. i want to take that to the oh group. that sounds great yes this with pizza oh, oh yes. my gosh yes yeah i gotta go to alaska now yes you have <laughs> to go you have to go trip it's- to alaska yes we should all go after oh. our after our little italy trip yes oh, absolutely 100% guys i love it anyway are we ready to rate it Yes, definitely. So just as a reminder to our listeners, we rate our beers on a five-point scale where one is flaccid, two is initial, three is partial, four out of five is full, and a five out of five is rigid. And if a beer is off the charts, it is Super Saiyan. So what do you rate this beer, Sarah? This, I'm going to go rigid. Um, I remember... Just because I re- drinking it now, I remember the exact moment and the exact feeling when I had it the very first time. And for and that, you know, drinking it tap as opposed to oh, hand, yes. I bet you is way, way, way different better. and yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember the exact moment. And so the taste of the, the crispiness and the kind of similarity it has to, um, um cider which again i'm not a fan of but being in a beer format it's just really great and it's really i just i really loved it really really loved it i mean i wish i had well because of weight i couldn't have but i wish i had another (laughs) six pack of it yes well when we go we'll have to take a whole extra suitcase (laughs) oh fuck yeah fuck yeah hell yeah we'll just one of us just bring an empty suitcase yes oh i'm i i I could do that (laughs) Uh, so this is Kristen and I am also giving it a rigid. It is so good. Um, I could drink this all day, all night, and it's only a 4.8. So, uh, and you could still walk a straight line to the bathroom. (laughs) Don't drive though. (laughs) Don't drive. (laughs) Especially not in the snow. (laughs) But, oh, you know what? I know, I guess you couldn't, but... I wonder if this is the kind of drink you could like warm up in front of a fire. Oh, I don't know. I wonder how. Yeah. Anyway, that um, unfortunately. I don't know about that. Oh, unfortunately, Jen could not drink with us today. She's still sick. Um, But 
she's being very responsible about her um, her health. So that has been our beer review. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? I get so into our segments, I always forget we're reviewing books. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. So today we are reviewing a book called Weeaboo. It is written and by Alyssa Sala and Susie Lee, I believe, is the artist. And it is a, an Oni Press book. And I... It's dark here. I can't see. I picked this because I thought it was funny. Um, because and it reminded her of me. It reminded me of Jen because she's always calling people weebs, which, to be honest, I didn't know was a, a shortened term of this. <laughs> uh-huh. It's actually like um, uh, I use it for my gaming tag too. Oh, really? Yeah. How funny. Uh- Hold on. So, I don't know if you can see this oh, here. Oh, oh cute. that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> A friend made that for me. That's cool. Uh, so the description on the back of this book says it's their senior year of high school and three friends are prepping for the biggest event of the year. The anime convention that hits just after their graduation Even though they've bonded over their anime fandom for years, things are beginning to shift in unexpected ways. As the reality of life after high school looms menacingly on the horizon, academic pressure, identity issues, parental stress, real life can be overwhelming compared to the fantastic but predictable cartoon stories they've grown up watching together. But does growing up have to lead to growing apart or can the connection of friendship last for a lifetime? So that is the description in the back. And uh, interestingly enough, the little quote on the back um, recommendation is by Kelly Sue DeConnick. So uh, Kelly Sue has a little uh, description here and is describing um, Allison's, uh, Alyssa's style as deliberate and the results both nuanced and moving. So actually, uh, I I like that you mentioned that because in the back there's a little like <clears throat> a little biography of both Alyssa and Susie. Oh, and uh-huh. Alyssa, it says that she was featured in the Bitch Planet triple feature. Oh yeah. So she has worked with uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, and they are familiar with each other's work. Right. Which I thought was like super awesome. Yeah, definitely. Susie looks familiar to me. Doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Uh, but she is. Susie's graduated from Academy of Art in San Francisco. Uh, she started Studio Cutie. I don't know if she lives in this area, but she looks familiar. <laughs> or maybe just uh, we've I've read something of hers before. But so. Uh, in this book, oh, she um uh, she lettered, oh my goddess and Ghost in a Shell. Yep. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay, miss. <laughs> I, know, I see you. That's right. <laughs> um, this is Sarah, and I'm gonna go right into it. Um, I didn't understand some of the language at the beginning. 
mm-hmm. just because I'm not hip to that jive because this is like very youthful, very hip young. Hip to that jive. I know. <laughs> like I'm dating myself 1930 style. Yeah, you're dating yourself <laughs> as a 1950s teenage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I find, found it a little difficult at the I beginning. I was. But uh, um, but as I continued to read it, I really, really enjoyed it a great deal, um, a great deal more than I thought I would. I was uh, and and I gotta say, uh, the part where um, there's three friends, and uh, not not Dan, um, the the gentleman. I for, I can't remember his name. He is. Oh, uh, with the stripes. They always yeah. talk about him being emo, right? I can't remember his name right now off the top of my. I wish I, I wish I had written it down. But anyway, h- him. Uh, I identify him. with him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I identify with him a lot. Uh, he's really dark. He's quiet. Um, he's like always. Listening. I, one of the things that I really loved was like the little kind of like how the art and the story were propelled in this book what i mean by that is the little little subtle things like in the imagery like tying of the shoes like there's a part where they step out into um into like they're walking and you see dandelions most people like move forward with beautiful like flowers and everything but nobody really like gives respect to the dandelion and they're fucking (laughs) everywhere and i really love that i loved uh just the oh well this this character i still can't remember his name um james james yes oh yeah james i love like little parts like of james because like the parts where like he would step out to go to school and he's like untangling his earbuds and then when he puts them on the music just the music lifts him up in such a way that he flies yeah uh, that's a magical those panels were really cool so amazing like you could see how music uh was a really big part of his life like and it has almost no dialogue with it but I just thought, oh my god, that's really revolutionary. Like I really love how it, it it's it's not part of the story and it's not real. It's pretty much just like imaginary. Yeah. But you could see the emotion in his face and how music uplifts him. Yeah. So I thought that was amazing. <clears throat> the relationship between Dan um and and James and Oh my god, I can't remember her name. Maya. 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 Oh, of course, Maya. I thought it was really great. I thought they all complimented each other at the beginning, but just life has a way of just everybody having their own issues and then just having a, a kind of an issue just coming together or even sharing what's going on in their lives and then just kind of growing apart a little bit. But I one of the I know I cr- I'm the crier of the group, but uh <laughs> The part where James in and his sister are talking and his sister's like so much older than him and the black sheep of the family. Yeah. She talks to him about like not having been there for him and stuff like that. Like it made me think about my brothers because my dad remarried and I have 
two younger brothers, one the oldest of which was born in my when I was in my 20s. So like there's this humongous gap. Mm-hmm. So like reading that, I just felt like and my brother owns a striped sweater as well. So like it was just <laughs> like a oh my god, like I feel like that could have been David and myself. Like, you know, like I have to have this conversation with him because you know, or else we're going to grow apart kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the identity issues that Maya goes through, I, because of the color of her skin, and it's just so like, it's silly because of the, of the, of the day and age we're living, but because people are calling her out for her lover anime, just, and then she's and because she dresses like a Lolita and Lolita, look at me with the Spanish accent. Lolita. <laughs> Lolita. Um, and people are like, oh, but you're black. Like, you can't do that. You know, it's like, fuck, really? Seriously? We're still doing that? Anyway, I, like I said, I was having trouble at the beginning. But in the end, I really, really just love the way it all came together and the feelings I got while reading the story. So I really enjoyed it. What about you guys? <laughs> so, so oh, yeah. I'll go, go ahead, ahead Kristen. You know, I'm right. gonna okay, go I'll on go. for a bit. So okay. you go on first. So um I also felt like in the beginning I just wasn't getting it. Um, but my, for me it was not the um the hip jive <laughs> that I didn't <laughs> get. I really felt like the paneling. Uh, was disjointed, and so was the dialogue. I just got very, very lost multiple times, and I felt like they were they were saying things, but like it just it felt really disjointed to me, and I had a really hard time. Eventually, I realized they were going back from um, from the uh, anime mo- shows that they were watching, and she was like fanficking, o- fan fanficking over oh, yeah, writing. Fan- <laughs> yes, fanfiction writing. Fan yeah, um, and so I finally got that down. But there was just something very, very off for me um, for the first full half of the book. By the end. I definitely was able to piece together the the plot points and the storylines within the friend group um, where Maya, first of all, I didn't know Maya was black until they said she was black in the, (laughs) in the um, book, because obviously they did a big story around her hair and straighten her hair when she lost power in her house. And she was having a hard time because she wanted to straighten her hair But because she had it straightened the whole entire time and just I guess the coloring was just off for me and there was no other cues for me. I had no idea she was a black character. Um, Yeah, And that uh, was a little um, that was a little bit disappointing in the fact that they brought it in the middle of the book. I would have preferred it in the front of the story just so we can get a, a. A glimpse of what she was going through, because even the comments that her grandmother made were really spot on like that's at that point is where i knew they were black yes anything before then i didn't right um and uh i so that was her thing that you know she was struggling with her identity and loving anime and manga but like basically being told that it wasn't for her 
Um, and then with James and his, I mean, he had a pretty um, emotionally abusive household that he was having to deal with. And I definitely um, identified with him needing to escape and, and that scene that you, that you pointed out with him putting his earphones on and him just like growing wings and flying was like so poignant. I, it was like one of my favorite parts of the book. Um, but for the most part, um, he, he, that is when he became interesting to me. Um, when we finally find out more about his home life, like in the whole first half, there's nothing about these characters that, that, interested me or made me even figure out where this story was going. Like by the end, we finally figure out that, you know, Maya has her issue. James has his issue. Danielle also, they called Danielle Dan. And obviously Dan, um, in the beginning, there are hints that, that she is struggling with identity as well, but in a different way than Maya, but they never really go into it. So I had a lot of expectations for this book, especially given that I read it after uh, the book that we reviewed last episode um, and was kind of on that same path and thought that maybe it was going to be similar in some ways to that. And I was super, super disappointed um, by it, but thought that thought that the sto- the character development ideas of where they were going definitely I liked, but felt like that they it just stopped short and just didn't make it exactly to where I felt like it could go. Yeah, definitely. Like as somebody f- that is not really like. young and and into <laughs> good enough yeah i'm not young and into like i mean i still have problems like trying to remember people's pronouns you know that kind of that kind of old um but i want to learn um yes it wasn't easy to know that maya was black it wasn't easy that james actually is half Japanese and a lot mm-hmm. of people had expectations because he's half Japanese he should be super smart right yeah. and he was having a lot of issues that I felt he had learning disabilities that people weren't addressing because of his abusive home mm-hmm. um and 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 Dan I felt really bad for Dan because obviously Maya had a crush on Dan or yeah. has a crush on Dan which they never even talk about right and <laughs> And Dan, um, obviously, I feel that Dan identifies as a male. Yes. But, and he, he even tried out for, and, and Maya calls him he. She uses the pronoun he. I noticed that right away at, off the top of the, the off, off, at the very beginning. <clears throat> and she, and he tries out, Dan tries out for the play for uh, the leading male role. And he is given the female leading role. Mm-hmm. And that was just crushing for me to read. And then the the male lead, which is her friend, his friend, see how I'm having trouble with pronouns. Um, his friend uh then for some reason thinks that their relationship is romantic, and now Dan is stuck in a situation where 
like he is living this lie of a relationship for the good of the play and the chemistry of the play. And I just was like, that's so fucking sad. Like, and the teacher said, like, if you were, if you were a boy, then we would have given you the lead of Mm -hmm. the male. And I was like, damn okay that's some fucked up shit but dan didn't even speak up for himself either so instead he was just instead he was just like moving away from his friends and then just living this lie with this like drama club drama crowd i completely missed that maya used the he pronoun oh yeah in fact the only way that i knew that dan was female was that I thought Maya said she, and I was like, wait, what? And I went back and I was, and so then it kind of went back into the story and I was looking for clues, but that's part of what I'm saying. Like, I think the um, intent was there, but there was just so many pieces missing that as a reader, I don't think that I followed along as easily and clearly as I needed to for this story to be more impactful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, about, yeah. what about you, Jen? I think this is a story that is very much for teenagers. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean that in like um, um in the mean way. Yeah. I mean that like I think this is I think that if I read this when I was like 15, 16, 17, I would have been over the fucking moon. Like I would have been like so like oh my god like yeah this is me this like I get it like I think this uh, this is a story that is <clears throat> first of all like stylistically wise and like knowing who Susie Lee is now um uh, the style of the book itself is a very it's a very specific type of style mm-hmm. that is almost very reminiscent of Maho Shoujo which is basically um uh like kind of magical schoolgirl slash really like almost sailor moon style type of art mm, mm-hmm. um um uh, like very like um uh it's what what people would call um uh girls comics or like um a uh, girl manga um uh, type of way and the art itself is very reminiscent of kind of an early 90s uh early 2000s style of art as well so that kind of is uh not off-putting but it certainly throws people off especially like with how manga and anime is stylized now as opposed to like the early 2000s and the late 90s um um i i did enjoy reading the story because it did give me a nice blast from the past of when I was in high school (laughs) and like my friends and how we used to be and like going to the convention and stuff like that and how I believe the first convention the like I went to anime expo here in uh well in Los Angeles when I was in 10th grade so I think I was like yeah I was I just turned 15 and I went um uh, with my group of friends uh from way back then uh, and it was a lot of and it was a lot of fun because um uh, I couldn't buy an adult pass um uh, I couldn't buy an adult pass so but I got away with buying like children's passes um, um and with and I didn't have to like have my like an adult supervision or anything like that uh, because I basically 
we kind of like tricked the people who were checking us in and I was just all like oh like my parents gonna be coming like right now I'm just like and then they just let me <laughs> and I was like sick I'm just gonna leave if I said like that's literally what I would do I would just take like quote like to the nearest adult and like the people who were like checking in they would think that I was with the, the adult person and then they would just let me in how funny mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it was like this story was like a night I think anybody who like grew up around like my age like um kind of like I think this is a book that's definitely for like millennials and younger Mm. um uh, it's it's a lot of stuff that like you kind of grow up with um um and also like definitely like the race thing as well and I like I did enjoy the little bit about Maya but I did wish it was a bit more nuanced and a bit more earlier in the story so that we can we could get along with it and I in one hand, I could relate, but on the other hand, I couldn't because I, while I like Lolita fashion, I never wore it simply because I couldn't afford it mm-hmm. um, uh, or make it myself. So uh, while I, you know, I never saw it as something like that was mine, but I did. The way that I can relate to that is that I was very much into the goth and um, um, emo scene, but a lot of the people who were like goth and emo were white. Uh, and I yeah. always wanted to be like, why can't I be the super skinny white, uh, like super Wave? pale uh, <laughs> chick that fit the emo aesthetic? Right. Um, um, and I was always like, and I always like hated myself that I couldn't like match that aesthetic. Uh, and now I know differently. And now I'm just like, now I'm like, I say like, yeah, I'm emo. What about it? I'm 27 <laughs> fucking years old. Yeah, I'm emo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so, uh-huh and um, um this is like the book the book is a lot of fun to read I think and I think it is definitely um um kind of a a very niche um uh, of not well yeah it's a very niche experience because I like I said I think it's something that's very firmly millennial uh or younger like Gen X uh like Gen Z um um kind of like growing up with like anime and um um, and liking anime and it being like popular but not popular at the same time I think it's um um uh it's a good book but I don't think I wish it was more nuanced I wish it like I wish we could get like us like almost like a book for each person Mm -hmm. and I feel like like just this one book isn't enough i would yeah. love to read more about each of the characters themselves and like where they go on in the future more about their like backstories i don't know if we ever will but it was it was all right i think it was pretty okay did they actually go to the festival i don't even remember um um Oh yeah, they, they spirited they spirited James away, and they were able to go to the convention. Right, that's right, out of the window. They yes, <laughs> <him> away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like and even you- that, like in its own way, because I remember my parents couldn't drop me off at the convention center all the time, so I would have to like no either like take the bus or hitch a ride with somebody else. Like that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like how you brought that up. Yeah, like I I identified a lot in the book with the with the stereotype um 
kind of request from everybody else trying to put you in some kind of like label or some kind of box like for instance you know James being half Japanese they expected him to be smart and he was pretty much failing everything uh, where Dan they expected Dan to be a female but Dan identifies as a male uh, the way Maya <clears throat> identifies as a uh, <clears throat> well she doesn't admit it till the end but a weeboo <laughs> um, and she's black and a lot of people don't can't wrap their head around that um, I remember talking to my cousins who were into gangs uh, like gangs like back in the Ocholo style kind of gangs mm-hmm. are they still around do they still exist I don't know the <laughs> cholo still I exists. That do. is a question. Um, but I remember <laughs> comment, go- below. <laughs> comment below. Yeah, comment I, below. Um, the cholo still exists. <laughs> yeah, I I don't re- I don't feel like I've seen any recently. Uh, but anyway, um, I remember going to their house and and talking to my cousin. And he's like, "Why are you trying to talk like a white girl?" And I was like, "What do you mean, talk like a white girl?" Mm-hmm. Um. And then he's like, do you even know what zaps are? And I was like, no. And I still don't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get it. I wasn't talking in slang and maybe not like identified with the Latino slang terms or whatever. I or the Cholo slang. I don't even know what to call it. I'm just saying that I didn't talk the way they they thought I should talk. Right. Yeah. And that was hard to deal with in high school, you know. You're still to- you're still trying to find yourself, and you're being told that you're acting like somebody totally different, because nobody with your skin tone can possibly be that way, can possibly wear black, yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so, are we ready to rate this book? Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna go first, and um, I love fucking love the artwork, guys. I just got to say, like I read in the back that she uses a lot of watercolor, a lot of like uh, gouache paints and stuff like that. And it totally shows. I loved all of that. Uh, We did have a little concern with Maya not really like coming out as actually black, but it's okay because we learned about it a little bit later in the story. But as far as the art is concerned, I like I said, like just these panels where there's like a scene of like tying the shoes like kind of an action like flying or like dandelions on you know just all of that for me just like really propelled the whole story so i'm gonna give it uh dos and a half dos conchas y una cup of <laughs> okay so this is Kristen, and i um like Jen, definitely want more of the individual characters. And like I said, like at the end of the book, I could definitely see where they were going. But for me, just felt a little bit short, meaning that um, it definitely left me wanting more in a way that the book itself just didn't satisfy. So I'm going to give it to Quanchas as well. Um, and um, I think it would actually be uh, interesting to see individually where these characters go because the whole premise of the book is teenage uh high school seniors who just don't know where they're going with their lives and it's very overwhelming and they're trying to basically just find themselves and it's stressful um so i i definitely like to see um a book where we can see what they have done and where they are now so i give it to conscience 
I'm agree with Kristen. <clears throat> I'm going to give it two conscious as well. I think this story would be perfect. Like if you know, like a teenager or someone who has called themselves a weeb or something like that, it would be a funny joke to give them this book. Um, uh, but um, uh, I think it was, um, it was a fun read. So I will give it two conchas and I want to know if they make another one, if there's going to be a weeaboob too. <laughs> so two conchas for me. That has been our book review. All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today what I have for you is uh, B Infinite Publishing's 2022 BIPOC Anthology Project. It is amplifying Afrofuturist and Latin stories. So the story behind this is that 2022 is for Be Infinite Publishing will be the year of spectacular anthologies. Be Infinite Publishing is set to release three anthologies, two of which are in partnership with editor and writer Lauren T. Davila. Be Infinite is a mother-daughter duo founded by Kai, Adia, and Angela Benson, and they are committed to amplifying the voices and stories of people of color, especially Black and Indigenous voices. Their books honor the infinite artistry of collective community through the creative lens of compelling storytelling, and they are excited to launch three anthologies that are hold that vision, sharing Afrofuturist and Latin short stories, poetry, and more. So it's basically just an anthology series. It is specifically like um, uh, supporting the publishing of three anthology books. Uh, they have a uh, goal of $12,000. They are currently at $3,951 with 76 backers and 13 days yeah, 13 days to go. So it is an amazing project and they have like a lot of the, the um, synopses and their writers and like the themes that they are going to be going into each of the anthology series and they have some um, uh, works uh, some examples already up on their kickstarter page and the base pledge starts at well you can of course don donate uh without pledging a reward of any amount but the base pledge starts at five dollars and you just get a social media thank you and then it goes up to ten dollars and you can get uh an ebook of your choice and then it goes up to 25 dollars, which you get a print edition and an ebook uh and then it keeps up going uh, from there so uh, highly highly recommended please uh, practice this project it is B Infinite Publishing's 2022 BIPOC anthology projects alright guys now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes Kristen what do you have for us today so I forgot to do this last episode but we just want to remind people that Juntos y Fuertes is a commodity comic segment that highlights marginalized voices and the uh, projects that they create and today I am highlighting uh, planetprudence.com and Planet Prudence is the website for illustrator and comic artist Prudence Gertz. Uh, I think Gertz, there's two E's. But uh, she is a freelance creator, and she describes herself as being on a journey to reclaim 
uh, reclaiming our own selves, our bodies, and passing on the empowerment to others we may encounter as well. And when you go down into her About Me page, um, she goes into a pretty lengthy um, description about who she is. She is a, um, and she wants to make sure everyone knows Prudence is her real first name. Um, but <laughs> she created this website as a safe place for people to come and just really be themselves. And she's from Belgium where all the yummy beer is. Mm. And um, she tells you a bit about her past experiences where she was, um, she was a, a victim of sexual abuse in childhood and also in high school and um, has been diagnosed with severe PTSD, um, something that she tries to live with until this day. Um, she um, dropped out of high school because of the sexual abuse that she actually suffered in high school and um, kind of took her some time after dropping out to kind of grow as an artist and to really reclaim uh, herself as an artist and also reclaim her body after being a victim of sexual abuse. So you can follow her on Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. And when you go to those social media platforms, you get an idea of the kind of artist she is and the, um, the goals that she's trying to make. For example, on Instagram, the second uh, one that comes up is, uh, is basically a picture of a, a woman who's naked. Um, and this is her cartoon drawings. And it says vagina isn't supposed to smell like flowers. And there's a woman holding a rose um, in front of her vagina. And then the next one is a woman not holding anything in front of her, her vagina. It says it's supposed to smell like a vagina. So basically just trying to normalize um, the fact that vaginas are vaginas and to really call attention to the fact that in every way shape and form women from such an early age are basically bombarded with messages that they need to cover the smell of their very natural um body part uh and then there's another uh another card uh, not cartoon another character where it's just a woman who has she's in his really cute style too um that just has a shirt that says wear what you want like she has a shirt on her on her website that says i don't dress like a whore you think like a rapist i Ooh. love that oh nice yes so um, definitely check her out on Instagram. It's Planet Prudence. Um, you can go to planetprudence.com. Uh, she does also have um, a Patreon. She's on Facebook. She's on Twitter. Um, she's also on Discord and YouTube. So I definitely think that um, it's worth checking out. I love that. I don't dress like a slut. You, you think like a rapist. I love yep. that. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos and saludos goes out today to Puerto Rico Comic Con. Please remember, I'm just uh, saludando a Puerto Rico Comic Con because the dates have been changed from January to April. And those dates are <clears throat> April the 15th through the 17th. And they still have three day passes available for purchase at $60 for three three day passes. 
So saludos goes out to Puerto Rico Comic Con. You can follow them on Instagram at PR Comic Con. That's PR Comic Con. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. You could always find our stuff and everything cool about us and for us and with us at comadrecomics.com. You could always email us at comadrecomics at gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, where else can they find us, Kristen? You can email us at comasicomics at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we will reply. Excellent. So, (laughs) eventually, yes, eventually, but we will. Um, So, that brings us to the end of this episode. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And that's on period. Network.